Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Sci Section. I'm Halima, your journalist for this week, and today we are delighted to have Dr. Antonio Webb, a Texas spine surgeon, YouTuber, and a highly decorated combat veteran from the U.S. Air Force. Thank you, Dr. Webb, for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's, it's you know, it's an honor. Absolutely. So your story is undoubtedly one of the most inspirational journeys to medicine I think I've ever heard. So could you give us a little bit of a rundown of what your childhood looked like to where you are today now as a spine surgeon based in Texas? Yeah, so I grew up in Shreveport, Louisiana. I uh, went to middle school, high school there, and uh, it was a, a really rough and challenging background where a lot of my friends, including my family members, uh, went to a prison um, where either using drugs or, you know, sold drugs or spent time in prison. And then um, in including my mother, my little sister, my brother, um, who have been in and out of kind of jail kind of my whole life, but uh, grew up in that background, you know, not knowing any doctors, not knowing any, uh, never had met a doctor before. And it wasn't until a magnet program that I went to that got me interested in medicine. Um, I joined the Air Force at age 17 and did eight years in the Air Force including a tour to Iraq in 2005 as a uh, medic and LVN. And then after um, separating from the military, it was, you know, I wanted to go to medical school. So I applied to medical school and it took me three years to get in. Um, I took the MCAT three times and um, eventually got into a post-bac program. I uh, went to medical school at Georgetown. And then I went to, I did my residency in UT, at UT San Antonio and then a, a spine fellowship at Texas Beck Institute. And now in private practice uh, as a spine surgeon here in San Antonio, Texas. I think you mentioned that you served overseas for quite a few years. And yep. just from my experience, I know that serving overseas can cause a lot of lifelong trauma to some veterans. So how did your time mm -hmm. in the military kind of, kind of model your qualities as a physician today? And why do you think you were able to overcome some of those challenges that sometimes veterans, especially in the United States, um, inevitably face after they serve? Yeah, so, you know, I think being in the military actually allowed me to mature. You know, I went in very young at age 17, so uh, most, a, a lot of 17-year-old, uh, 18-year-olds are uh, not the most mature individuals. You know, you do have a lot that are mature, but I wasn't very mature at age 17. So it, it allowed me to grow up as a man. I was able to develop leadership skills. I think, um, you know, being in Iraq and being in combat, that allowed me to develop how to deal with resilience and also uh, just grit in itself. Uh, my military background um, helped me succeed in medical school just by the uh, rigid schedule that I had and just having that military background allowed me to be very disciplined in my studies. So I think it actually set me up for success um, being in the military, but yeah, you are correct. There are a lot of veterans who come back from war or separate from the military and have a hard time adjusting to society. And I actually talk about that with my struggles with that in my book also. Mm -hmm. And throughout your life, you mentioned that term resilience. You know, you've had to push through losing your friends and losing your family and also quite a few medical school rejections. What do you think your formula is for resilience that allowed you to just keep on pushing and pushing and ultimately find so much success? Yeah, I think it's important to whenever you're faced with a failure or whenever you're faced with an obstacle in life, I mean, it's, these things, these things are going to happen at some points. You just have, you have to know how to respond to them and how to react to them. A lot of people, when they're faced with different obstacles and different challenges, they break down and they stop. 
well, you have to critically an analyze like what uh, obstacle I'm faced against and what I'm going to do to overcome that obstacle. And that's some traits that we learned in the military when there's combat, um, you have to really analyze what um, you're being faced up against and how are you gonna, what is your plan of attack? So that's exactly what I do with every kind of challenge and every obstacle that's been thrown my way along this path. Um, so that's kind of how I would approach it. Um, just being very resilient and then being very persistent with your, with your goals. Mm -hmm. So you kind of mentioned that military was a large way that you were able to mold your resilience. I don't think um, many of us would go off into the military. So how do you think we could embody that in our own life using some of the strategies that you might have learned throughout your years? Yeah, I would say, you know, just having persistence. Um, no matter what, if you want to become a doctor, if you want to become a teacher, lawyer, entrepreneur, uh, you have to be very persistent. And despite any obstacles that may come your way, um, use those as kind of uh, learning points or ask yourself, what can I take away from the situation that can better myself in the future? Or how can I use the situation to improve? Um, and then take it day by day, you know, um, try to be better than the, the day before. And that's a very evolving process. You have to continuously self-assess and ask yourself, how can you improve? How can you, um, you know, what can you do next to, you know, embark on your journey and your goals? Mm -hmm. That's very well said. And I guess, you know, you went through the military and then graduated from medical school at Georgetown. The, why did you decide to go through, I guess, another million years of like orthopedic um, surgery residency. What was it about that specialty that really drew you compared to maybe shorter specialties? Yeah, so my advice to students that are trying to decide between specialties is to not choose a specialty based off the length of the residency or how hard you think the residency will be. I would suggest look lo looking long term, 20 years down the line, 30 years down the line, and ask yourself, what will I be happy what specialty, just imagine yourself, like if you're getting up and driving to the hospital or you're doing procedures, or if you're in clinic, you know, rounding at the hospital, what will make you happy 20 years from now? And then choose your specialty based off of that. But for me, orthopedics, I love working with my hands. I love the reconstructive aspect of it. You know, patient comes in with a hip fracture or a distal radius fracture or, you know, a infection in their spine, you know, I can do something with my hands that uh, can help this person. And uh, I, I really enjoy that about orthopedics. And it's a very collegial specialty. Uh, there's so many different avenues that you can take, foot and ankle surgery, you can do spine surgery, you can do shoulder and elbow, you can do uh, joint replacements, hand surgery. So lots of different specialty routes that you can take. Mm -hmm. So I guess the fellowship that you pursued was for spine surgery. Could you tell us a little bit about like some of your favorite procedures or like some of the things that you do to get, I guess, fix like degenerative spine, for example, what is it that a spine surgeon does? Yeah, so uh, that's a good question. A degenerative spine is basically just arthritis of the back. And, you know, everyone, as they get older, you know, your spine is going to break down at some point. And then just like you have arthritis in your knee or your hip, you know, your spine can have arthritis as well. But I would say some of my favorite procedures, my interests are minim minimally invasive spine surgery, which 
basically using smaller incisions to um, achieve the um, your goal of surgery. Um, also robotics and computer navigated surgery. That's basically using robots and surgery to help us as surgeons perform surgery in a more precise and accurate kind of manner. And then um, artificial disc replacements, which are different options. Instead of fusing a patient's neck or lower back, we can put it, put a device in uh, that can retain some of that motion. So some of my favorite procedures are, you know, the ones that we use microscopes in surgery, or we're using a robot or using a computer navigation that's basically looking at the computer screen and then helping us place uh, either screws or instrumentation into a patient's spine. So, you know, there's a lot of great technology and, you know, innovative things that are in the uh, realm of spine surgery that's just on the forefront, such as artificial intelligence. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the reason why I love spine surgery. There, there's always something new and involving um, in this field. Would you say that orthopedic surgery takes the cake for like the highest techie specialty or just like radiology kind of beat you guys to that? Um, I would say surgery in general, you know, um, but, you know, in medicine overall, you know, there's a lot of different, you know, different various technologies that are evolving, but, um, you know, there's something new on the market like every day for surgery and uh, that's that's something to not keep you really get really bored or kind of comfortable with your position because, you know, if you turn around and look tomorrow, there's a new technology that's going to be on the market, but for me, you know, it's something that uh, can help me better take care of my patients and uh, get better, have better outcomes. And that, that's something that kind of sparks my interest and in what I'm looking for when these new technologies hit the market. Mm-hmm. And now I guess kind of moving on, talking a little about your YouTube channel. So you've created this channel with over like 200,000 subscribers and a lot of views. And it's been very beneficial, I think, for a lot of aspiring physicians for sure. How have you, I guess, seen your videos impact people who, you know, may be interested in medicine, but also people who may not really be interested in medicine, but have just led very, very challenging lives and have big goals just like you pursued? Yeah, you know, it's a good mixture of people that are medical and good, you know, a number of people that are non-medical. I get Mm -hmm. comments and emails from people that say, hey, I, I have nothing to do with the medical field. I am, you know, a, a financial advisor or own my own company, but, you know, your videos have really inspired me. I think some of the principles that I um, talk about in videos or some of the things that I, the advice and tips that I give can be applicable to, you know, anyone, you know, no matter what field that they are in, because these are some of the things that have allowed me to be successful coming from, you know, my kind of upbringings and uh, to become an orthopedic spine surgeon, you know, it's an accolade and I'm I'm very humbled by it, but, um, you know, it takes a lot of hard work and a lot of dedication um, so it's just like if someone became an astronaut and they had a channel about uh, their journey, I was like, wow, how did that guy become an astronaut? I, w- I want to learn, like, what does he do on a regular basis or how does he study or how does he plan his day? What about his finances and things like that? So that's the kind of information and um, I, the representation that I like to, you know, bring out to the forefront and, you know, reach, you know, millions of people. So you've kind of written this book and then also you do a lot of public speaking and um, that sort within your community. Do you think your YouTube channel is kind of like a culmination of everything that you kind of teach and preach? Yeah, as, absolutely. You know, when I was interviewing for residency positions, um, I was, you know, coming from, you know, a small town in Louisiana who know my, none of my family members are doctors and, you know, grew up this really rough background. 
And I was in these offices at Harvard, Stanford, uh, the Cleveland Clinic, Northwestern, Baylor, and all of these surgeons were really impressed with my story. And at that, around that same time, I was getting emails from people from all over the world just asking similar questions. So it didn't, you know, dawned on me that, hey, I should put this into a video format where people can assess this information at any time that they want at any part of the world. So that's where the development and the inception of my YouTube channel kind of uh, originated from. It's just uh, people sending me very similar questions and people really inspired by my story. So I just wanted to share my story and expire, inspire people, students from various parts of the world to let them know that, hey, if I can go through all of this and you know, still be, you know, reach my goals, become a surgeon, um, you guys can also. Mm -hmm. And I think something really interesting that I've seen on your channel is, you know, you make a lot of videos about being a spine surgeon and tips you have and also things with your family and stuff. Your son is super cute, by the way. Um, but you also have taken a lot of videos dedicated to highlighting physicians who happen to be minorities. For example, I recently saw a video you did with um, the foot and ankle surgeon, Dr. Aziz. And so as mm -hmm. a Fajabi Muslim, for me, that was super inspiring. Why do you think you, like, you would open up your channel to more people and what impact do you think and what impact do you hope that will kind of make? Yeah, so, you know, going back to my comment about representation is very important. You know, you, you can't become something that you can't see. So I think it's important for students from all different walks of life to see someone who looks like them, that talks like them, who comes from a similar background, a sim, you know, similar kind of um, goals to, uh, to see that. So on my channel, you know, I, I try to feature minorities as well as females in medicine. And eventually, I would like to open this up to other careers in medicine, such as other careers in the STEM in industry. So um, I think representation is very important. And, um, you know, that's my goal, just try to bring some diversity to the field of medicine and just to inspire people from all over the world to uh, let them know that, you know, this is something that's possible because, Growing up, I didn't see one black doctor. I had never heard of a doctor, never met a black doctor. And I'm sure if I would have seen that or just can go online and see someone who looks like me, um, I'm pretty sure that would have pushed me in the right direction and kept me out of trouble when I was uh, growing up in Louisiana. Okay, I think you ended up just fine after all, after a lot of hard work. And lastly, yeah. Dr. Webb, you've had a lot of advice under your belt, but I wanted to ask you, what is one sentence you would say to somebody who is struggling, who doesn't believe in themselves at all, but has a really, really big dream. I would probably quote a, you know, something I got from my dean at medical school. He said, failure is not in the falling down. It's in the failure to get back up and try again. So you're going to be knocked down hundreds of times along this journey. You're going to fail tests. You're going to struggle with different exams. My hardest class in undergrad was organic chemistry. I hated that class. I, sh I had to take it twice. You will not use any of that information again. I get emails from students that um, say, hey, I'm struggling with organic chemistry. Can I become a doctor still? Yes, absolutely. You know, it's one of those classes that you just have to get through, hire a tutor if you have to, spend extra time studying, stay, beat down your, your professor's office and say, hey, I don't understand this. I am not going anywhere until you <laughs> until you explain this to me. So sometimes you have to be, you know, very proactive about it. But um, I would say along this journey, you know, I failed tests, I've struggled with tests, 
even in residency, you know, trying to study for my orthopedic surgery boards and we have to take these eight hour exams every year. You know, I, there are some years that I didn't do the best on those exams, but you know, you just have to constantly evaluate yourself and say, Hey, what can I do to better myself? What can I do to improve? And, you know, not let these obstacles, these uh, bumps along the way kind of slow you down. Just ask yourself, what can I take away from this instance, this situation to use in the future? And that's what I do at every single obstacle. And some people say, hey, you know, you're a spine surgeon now. You don't have any more obstacles. That's actually not true. You know, it, you know, the, the journey just begins when you get out into practice. So, you know, it, everything else up until this point prepares you for this. So, you know, there's still a lot of obstacles that you have to, we have to face on a daily basis as surgeons and as attendings. But um, over the years, I've learned to deal with these obstacles and, you know, strategies that uh, helped me be successful and I still plan to use them. So. On that note, Dr. Webb, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing a lot of your wisdom and your life story. Be sure to subscribe to his channel. It's super great. I can tell you that for sure to keep up with his surgery work and also some of the other videos he's creating. Thank you so much, Dr. Webb, for joining us today.